Hello and welcome to Grow Up Summer School, an EPG Canada podcast, where we give strategic thinkers and creative tinkers opportunities to grow. I'm your host, Michelle Lee, and this week on the show, we will be talking career advice, which will cover everything from how to develop a strategy portfolio, how to thrive at an independent agency, and, ha- and today, how to break into the Canadian ad scene as an expat. To kick things off, we'll be talking to Fahim Khan. Fahim is a senior strategist at the Anne Partnership. Fahim arrived in Canada from Bangladesh in 2019. The road to how Fahim found work in Canada was not an easy one, but as Canada continues to benefit from more and more expats coming to our market, it is an important story to be told as therein lies important tips for our listeners, not only for those doing the interviewing, but for interviewees as well. Just before we dive in, we'd like to give a special shout out to the team at Hotspecs for sponsoring this week's episodes. As one of Canada's leading research agencies and supporters of strategic planning, they have shown a keen interest in continuing to help us foster and strengthen Canada's strategic talent, and for that, we thank you. Now, let's get into the show. Yeah, thanks, Michel. Uh, it's been an honor to, to actually like have this discussion. Uh, when you like to introduce myself, I am Fahim Khan, as you mentioned, and I am actually from Bangladesh, a subcontinent country. And over there, I have an experience around of ten years in advertising. Uh, and then I came into Canada back in 2019, July, just before the pandemic hit. Uh, so initially it was very struggling to get into the advertising because that's something that I was very passionate about throughout my career. And that's the only thing that I've done. Uh, and that's why when, when we were discussing about like, like sharing our experiences or our journey, I feel like this is very meaningful because I know what I've been through, uh, like in early stages. And I was kind of not sure, like whether, whether I'm on the right track or not. So I feel like sharing my experience will help others, like whoever is willing to get into the advertising industries in, in Canada. And that's that's kind of the reason I feel like sharing my journey. I hope that that inspires others or if that adds any value to anyone's life, that would be great. Awesome. So before we kind of launch into the five tips, can you tell us a little bit more? Sorry, I don't know if you mentioned where are you at now and what, what was your background prior to kind of uh, coming here? Yeah, so so I have been a strategist throughout my career. So I started my career back in 2009 uh, in, in one of the advertising agencies in Bangladesh called Roo. And then I moved to Activation, uh, that's called Interspeed, which, were, which once used to be partnered with Ogilvy. And mm-hmm. then uh, I also worked for Mulan Le Group uh, in, in Bangladesh, also Gray. Uh, Gray is, is the best advertising agency over there. And yep. I've been lucky to work on remarkable advertising campaigns or brand campaigns, which, which help the team or the brand win awards or, or rewards, if you say, and in terms of numbers or in terms of like achieving the business objectives. So that's been kind of a great journey for me, like prior coming to here. And then once I came here, it's been, it's been struggling. As I said already, like it was difficult to create network and understand like, like whom to reach out and what kind of conversation, like cultural, cultural norms and, and understand like what are the lines which I should follow and, and to impress others or, or to sell myself to, to create my own profile. But yeah, instead, initially it was like I joined account planning group. I met few people and over there I learned about a lot of things which I, I took for granted when I was, I was in Bangladesh. But over here I feel like, like, for example, developing your portfolio was, was one of the key things that I did. Mm-hmm. So well, that helped me. I mean, so. Eventually, in, in, I guess, in 2019, December or November, I got into Leo Burnett uh, mm-hmm. for a month long contract. I, I met one of, the, one of the key people from the team and 
And that person actually helped me to understand like the, the, the troubles that I was going through or understanding barriers that I had. Over there, I worked for a month or so for as, as a freelancer. And then uh, in the new year, they felt like, okay, we will keep you, we'll, we'll keep in touch with you. And maybe in February or March, we'll get back. But by then the pandemic hit and it was mm. kind of the worst phase for me. And I believe like for most of the people around the world. So, so getting into the network or getting to know people was very difficult back then because everyone was going through difficulties around the uncertainties. Mm. But what I did is like, I worked on like improving my skills maybe. And, and I felt doing a, doing a course would be, would be helpful. So I joined the advanced effectiveness uh, study from IPA through account planning group and it helped. Like I learned about like uh, the effectiveness of communication, uh, how CRM works and stuff. And it really helped. And based on that, I met a few other people from August or October when the things started opening up and I got myself an opportunity to get into Fawcett team. Um, mm-hmm. over there, I actually worked for the brand Taylor's uh, mm-hmm. for their one on CRM specific campaigns. Uh, and then like I worked there for almost eight, nine months. And then this November, like 2021 November, I just like, it's, it's a bigger team, greenhouse team. So I just moved from Cosset team to the Dine partnership, but within the mm-hmm. greenhouse, so now I work for the mobility or AT above the line communications as a, as a senior strategist. And yeah, that's, that's been kind of a roller coaster, but now, now I feel like life has been quite kind and I'm looking forward to all the, all the new challenges. Oh, that's terrific. Um, it's, it's so wonderful to hear kind of the, the journey that you've been through. And it's interesting you, you use the word roller coaster because it definitely has been a roller coaster, I think, for everyone the past two years. But I can only imagine kind of, you know, moving countries and, you know, changing jobs and, and doing all that, um, how much more that must be. So so in, in all your kind of your journeys and, and your travels, can, can you tell us kind of like what would be your first tip for someone who is maybe in a similar situation to you? Because I, I think, I mean, Canada is very fortunate to have lots of people who want to come work here and provide, you know, contribute and, and, and share with them even just their, their knowledge and their different perspective, having worked in a different market and, and just, um, yeah, want to, want to gain that from you. What would be your first tip to someone who is in a similar situation or finds themselves in a similar situation to where you were kind of a couple years ago? Yeah. Thanks, Michelle. It's, 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 it's a wonderful question. I mean, for me, I always felt like I should give up and, and yeah. just feel like, okay, this is maybe not the right thing to do for me right now, because like, you know, there as you said, like you change the country, you kind of left your entire life behind and then it, it's kind of a fresh start and you need, you, you, you are not no longer in your twenties where you always like feel like you have a lot of time in your hand. So it mm-hmm. feels like maybe, maybe this is not, not for me sort of a feeling, but I was lucky enough because my family supported, especially mentally. So, so I feel like the first thing, or if, if it's about only one thing, that's about like having faith. Yeah. That's something that will happen and trust your trust in your abilities. So yeah. that's that's where I feel like has been the biggest biggest strength for me. So I kept believing in myself and, and the abilities and keep kept pushing. And 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 so at a certain point of time, I, I felt the luck luck favor. But yeah. also it's it's about like not giving up. And and I know it's like kind of obviously obvious thing, like cannot give up. But when yeah. when you when you look back and, and look at look through the journey then i feel like it's the it's the most important thing that kept me going that i I didn't give up i just kept going yeah and and wow that's like 
as you say, maybe sometimes seems obvious, um, a statement to make and, and easy words to say, but I can only imagine how challenging that is um, to, to actually even do that. Yeah. I mean, when, when, when we talk about like trusting your abilities, like I, I feel like with the journey, throughout the journey, I feel like everyone has something to offer, especially with the great minds that I met. So they always, always made me feel like, okay, I, I have something in me, which is unique, which, which can add value. And mm-hmm. it's a fresh start. Like if you have belief in yourself and you keep improving, obviously things will change for good. Yeah. Yeah. Great. That's, that's a really great way to kick off. What, what, what would be your second tip for people who are looking to break into this industry? Yeah. I mean, it's like kind of interrelated. Like one, one, as I said, like having faith, another one is like, there's no shortcut. So, so it's been a long journey. I mean, if I say like 2019, it's been almost three years and today where I am, I'm still not where I used to be in Bangladesh. But if I say like, okay, I need it immediately or like within a year, I need to, or within a month or within a week, I need to be in somewhere, then it would have been very difficult. So it's, it's a journey and there's only way across, the only way across is, is through. So mm-hmm. we have patience and as I said, don't give up. But also when we talk about don't look for shortcuts, I feel like we need to understand the cultural values of, of Canada, be respectable and, and also approachable. So, mm-hmm. so the more we can like improve ourselves and the more patience we have. And as I said, it's the only way, only way across is through. So, so have to be there with the mindset that it's a journey, not like immediate success. Yeah. And and I'm interested because you've said a couple times, um, you know, the, the, the cultural differences, which obviously like most of us would be blind to. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Like, what are some of the differences that you have noticed um, breaking in or, or succeeding or whatever it may be getting noticed in the in the Canadian um, advertising scene? I wish the people are very empathetic over here, I mean, especially based on my learning and mm-hmm. As they are empathetic, they expect you to be empathetic as well. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe my upbringing didn't have this amount of like awareness around empathy. So, so like con- getting into a conclusion based on judgments, based on like like allowing your emotions to be like more expressive. Versus mm-hmm. over here, I feel like like putting yourself into other shoes is like meant and practiced by everyone. Sort of based on my personal journey, I would say the people I met. I felt like the moment I started learning about them or, or valuing their opinion along along with sharing my opinion without hurting anyone or without the intention to hurt anyone, it was it was far better approach versus like somehow in my subconscious or like my unintentionally my behavior might have shown or might have made them feel like I'm not empathetic enough. Yeah. And that's where I felt like having a smile or having a positive notion in a conversation uh, versus like, like getting into quick judgments or being kind of uh, nimble in terms of like valuing or evaluating people or evaluating culture. And, and it's it's not like a day of learning. It's It takes time because as I said, I left my entire life somewhere. And after coming here, it was both one is adapting and also like living for your own values as well. But wherever we are, wherever we are from, like valuing each other's belief system or, or culture is, is must, like it's, 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 a, it's a must for every, every culture that we, we are supposed to be in. Yeah. And, and that's so interesting and like gratifying. I think that you, you say empathy, cause I, I mean, that's, that's really nice. And I, and I wonder, you know, 
sorry to veer off topic a little bit, but we'll get back to the the five. Um, I think one of the things that's really struck me and has always struck me, and I've heard other people say this, is just how incredibly generous the strategy community seems to be. Like whether it be through, you know, our recently launched Slack community or through like the Julian Coles or the Mark Pollard or the whatever of the world, like people seem to be incredibly generous about sharing their, and, and part of this, what this podcast is, you know, their, their tips and tricks and their frameworks and their tools and their experiences. Um, is that, is that something that is specific, do you think to like Canada and North America? Like is, is it, is it specific to strategists? I'm curious as to your reflections, reflections on that. I mean, I mean, I would say it's, it's very one of the key. I would say talent of a strategist is to be observant, mm-hmm. is to, to understand the context and know about people, but not judging them. Yeah, and that's where I feel like strategists are like like trained this way, or like they they have been like grown up in this way, and they have seen the world from an observance perspective mm-hmm. versus like getting into judgment or defining people. So there yeah. was a conversation around like. We can talk about these are leads versus we can talk about these are people that we are reaching out. And and the more human we can be, the more successful we are in terms of knowing people and valuing them. Yeah. So, and, and, and I totally agree with you. Like once I came here and, and I'm mentioning it again, like when I joined a planning group and reached out to all these great minds, I find this thing, I found this thing very common among all the value of empathy and they always like even even now that I'm I'm in a situation where I regularly talk with my boss. I often talk to him about like okay, how can I improve my confidence level? And and I am going through. I feel like okay, the things that I'm doing is not enough. I should have done more. Or some some level of I would say imposter syndrome or inferiority complex. But I always feel like I would say the I I always feel a better version of myself after I talk to the strategies that I'm around with. And it's mm-hmm. true for all the strategies I have met in this in this part of the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. So, I mean, I've so far taken down having faith or believing in yourself. Don't look for shortcuts. What's your third tip for someone breaking into the Canadian ad scene? Yeah, I mean, I mean, these are these are similar, but I would say to be like to give some extra light on it. I feel like we all should learn to deal with failure, and mm-hmm. that's that's been one of the biggest challenges for me because. Your ego is, is is a crucial factor, and once you leave your entire life behind and you start fresh, there are so many things you feel like you, have, you already have done and you have more experience around, and mm-hmm. you hurts mm-hmm. like the rejection part of it. So mm-hmm. I felt like I have never been rejected in my life when I was in Bangladesh, but after mm-hmm. coming here, like initial meetings, as I was learning, and there were certain things that didn't match, and I felt rejected, and it it was very painful initially. I feel like that's not something that I'm very much like regular with. Yeah, but, but with time, I learned that if I can get rid of my ego and just keep trying on the on the feedback or on the, on the on the on the failure, then maybe someday someday I can be somewhere. So I feel yeah. like getting rid of the ego is must, and that's the yeah. biggest thing. And also another thing was like around it is like looking at other people who has like glorified social media posts, like they're getting yeah. double promotion or they're getting double bonus and. They're visiting different places of the world because they are having a good time in their life versus the time that you are going through. If it's not like, like going on your way, it's better to not look at them and get, get jealousy inside you or get your ego hurt. But, but it's very important that you keep yourself from all the negative emotions around. Like I have, I have, I might have made a wrong decision, 
and and that's where I feel like okay, that can be one of the reasons which is which is resulting in an imposter syndrome. Feels like okay, whatever I have done is not enough, and and I could have done it better. Sort of feeling. But overall, I would say like success, rejection is part of its journey, and mm-hmm. learning it and dealing it dealing with rejection can shape our career here. So for me, like in the early one year or six, seven months was all about like learning, which was associated with rejection as well. So every meeting that I had or every interview that I had, I learned about something new, which I should have prepared before. Mm. But the next meeting, I was prepared for that. So I learned from that, that mistake or that failure that, that helped me get going, honestly. And, and so that, that's really interesting. I'm, I'm curious what were some of the tangible bits of learning? I mean, you mentioned earlier, for example, that a portfolio is important in the Canadian marketplace versus in others. What were some other bits of like tangible nuggets that you picked up along the way? Yeah, I mean, it was totally a grooming phase, I would say. So one of the things was portfolio, which I feel like I already have in the resume. But when I learned about the fact, whenever you go for a coffee meet or virtual meet, you need to have your portfolio ready so that you always have something to start your discussion with and and you're prepared about yourself, the other person mm-hmm. actually sees you as like you're professional enough and you're treating this, this session seriously. So that creates mm-hmm. an impression. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, once you're done with the session, just reach back and stay in touch without mm-hmm. bothering them. So mm-hmm. the early stage, I was not even aware about like how often I should reach out to people. And I felt mm-hmm. like at times there were some certain level of experiences where I felt like I shouldn't have. Uh, reached out to them so quickly. I should have given them some time because it's, it's a networking phase and it, it takes time. And whenever they find it suitable, they will always uh, like refer me. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I mean that's that's also part of the cultural values. I mean these are the small nitty-gritties that I learned. Like you need to give everyone their own space, and they will obviously, as they have said, they they will move forward with your profile. Uh, and then yeah, also also about writing resume. So so culturally like. In my part of the world, I used to write my resume in, in, in one way. After coming here, I learned about like, okay, these are the key factors that matters that needs to be highlighted over the things that I felt like uh, maybe more important. So a lot of, lot of things. And, and then also one of the most important things were like being ability, being, being able to listen more mm-hmm. and speak at the right moment. So when you are in interview or, or you, when you are in a conversation, that, that's part of the values of, of the culture as well. Like how, how people speak here. Or how people listen here matter. Like it needs to be one of the key considerations when you move forward. And and so I'm curious, just picking up on one of those points. What what are like one or two things that you did to your resume to better fit what what people are looking for in this market? Yeah, I mean, one of the one of the strategies that that mentioned about was like, what are the international clients you have? So so. I am from Bangladesh and I have worked on several advertising agencies, but not all the agencies are, are renowned enough in this part of the world. Mm-hmm. And I said like, okay, your one of your campaigns won cans uh, uh, in 2019. So you should highlight that. You work for like Gray and Moulin Law Group. You should highlight that because these are the, these are the agencies that people know about. Uh, mm-hmm. You work for brands like Coca-Cola. That's, that's a global brand that needs to be highlighted versus like, Suppose there were some local brands, which is important as well, but maybe to create the first impression, you need to start with the best of the best campaigns or, or best of the best campaigns that are that has international value. You should highlight yeah. that. So yeah. that, that that was helpful. And yeah. also like keeping it clean and simple, like if it requires a bit detail, be it, be it longer, doesn't matter, but it needs to be simple. Uh, yeah. 
you don't need to keep it short like within one page that that's kind of a thing that i i used to have it like i have a lot of things to say but it has to be within one page otherwise it's, it's, it's not going to be effective but i learned yeah. from someone from the hr who, who actually helped me about like understanding okay, if it's worth it then share it and as 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 they say like if it's simple and clearly understandable then there shouldn't be an issue it's I find it so interesting what you say. I mean, I guess as a as a planner, you know, I've never really thought about the culture of resumes and the culture of interviews and the culture of networking and following up. But but it really is like it you can imagine it'd be quite different depending on where you come from. Yeah. And, and also like when when I was working on my work portfolio. So I thought like, what should be a portfolio for from my end? I mean, like, you can always show the creatives to the people, are uh, not mm-hmm. the document. Like that's the, yeah. that's the document. That's not a piece. I mean, the, I mean, like not in a portfolio sort of. And then someone told me like it's not about like the creative, but it's about the role you played in the in the creative journey. I'm mean, like creative output, and yeah. focus on like like what kind of challenges you faced, and what is the key learning, and what what was the insight that you picked, and how how you added value to the team. That's it. That that should be your focus as a strategist. You don't need to worry about like the whole campaign. And and the brief and everything, but just to sh- just show us about what was your role and what was your worth in the team. Yeah, awesome. So what what's your tip number four? Yeah, I mean, I mean, tip number four is kind of very much related to kind of imposter syndrome. I felt like it's very important. I learned it recently. Like one of one of my mentors over here, like taught me about like regularly do your SWOT analysis. SWOT analysis from your perspective, not from others. Like, what is your strength, weakness, opportunities, or threats? Mm-hmm. And then, then you can always improve yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and obviously, act accordingly. Like, there's always scope for improvements, not from inferiority complexes, but from the desire to learn more and explore the field. Understand that your uniqueness is your strength, which I initially said, like, everyone has something to something to offer to the team or, or to the project or the problem. But it's mm-hmm. very important to know about who you are and whenever there's a challenge about if you're suffering from a decision or you don't know like what to do and you're struggling around it, always do the SWOT analysis and be very much aware about your strengths, weakness, or, or, or the things that inspires you or, or makes you feel threatened. Yeah. That's, that's been, that's been, maybe, maybe it's like, as I said, like this is kind of a common word, SWOT analysis, but doing a SWOT analysis on yourself has been a huge help for me to like get rid of those, those syndromes that I'm mentioning, like, Always, I felt like I'm not doing enough, or am I on the right field, or or is 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 this the right way to do it, deal with these things? But the moment I do, or still today, till today, whenever I, I do something around having a sort of list on myself, it resulted in in more confidence and knowing my weakness as not not in, in a weakness term, but how can I turn it into my strength, or how can I use it as an opportunity to deal with situations. I, I really like that. I've never actually thought about doing a SWOT analysis on myself. And I like I think what I like about that is that it's so easy for us to automatically think about and consider our weaknesses and what we're bad at. <laughs> and and yet a SWOT analysis is at least a more equitable, equitable way to say, okay, I've got some of these things that I want to work on, but I also have these strengths. Or, you know, I'm worried about these things in terms of threats, but there's also these opportunities. And what I also like about it is like a classic kind of, you know, planner jujitsu move is to try and reframe things, right? So how can you reframe what you have as a weakness into a strength or what you have as a see as a threat into an opportunity or whatever it may be? 
So it feels like it gives a really nice kind of a map or navigational device um, for not only assessing kind of where you are, but that where you potentially could go. Yeah. I mean, it gave me a bigger picture. Like mm-hmm. the moment I feel like I should have like done it or, or something, I should have dealt with the brief in a different way sort of, or I'm struggling to adjust in a team or there's a challenge about opportunities or, or things like that. The moment I look back and, and work on my, like reframe my SWOT analysis based on the time, it always have a positive impact over my confidence. And and the way I said, like the weakness or the threats, these are not actually my weakness. These are kind of always giving me windows to actually improve myself. So yeah. so yeah, I mean I mean it's all about perspective as well. I mean when I do the SWOT analysis, the objective is to like find out what I want and what are my strengths on, uh, versus like finding out my flaws and be depressed about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I can hardly believe it, but we're at the last and final tip. What's your tip number five? Yeah, thanks. thanks. Uh, uh, for me, I feel like it's it's been kind of the industry. If I talk about like North America or Canadian-based advertising industry, it's you need people and you need the right people to be around you. So, so I, I also like rely on the experts as much as possible. Talk to as many experts as possible, possible, and listen and understand their perspective, which is very important. And and I believe that find your mentor, uh, which is very important. Like if you want to like have a restart or or, or like your kind of a fresh start, like coming here, that like, you're facing all the challenges, and there are so many people having so many unwanted advice in your life. It's very difficult to keep your mind clean, mm. uh, especially for for building your career over here where you don't kind of have zero idea, like you don't have idea like how to move on. You need a mentor. You'll have to find your own mentor by talking to people. So so different people have different way of work, different way of thinking. You can always talk to them and find wonderful insights. And and obviously valuing their perspective, you also have to understand who you are. So one of my mentors told me it's a two-way journey. It's not just one people judging you or evaluating you. It's also you who is actually learning from them and evaluating them as, as whether they are the right mentor you want or not. And there's there's nothing called like who is wrong and who is right. It feels like which one fits with you and wh- whose suggestions or whose mentorship is kind of fits with your way of living or your view of life or challenges. Yeah, And that's why I feel like let's not blindly follow anyone or anything. So everyone has their own journey. Like like I'm sharing my journey. I have my own journey. Doesn't mean everyone will have to go through the same journey. It's it's a yeah. thing. And if it aligns with someone, it's good. If not, then also good. Like there are so many people around, and there's so many things to learn from. But yeah, let's not follow someone or learn something blindly. And and obviously find a point where your belief system matches and move with your gut feelings, which is very important. The faith that I was talking about, and. Yeah, I mean, in a, in a nutshell, I would say it's more about rely on experts. Uh, there's no one winning formula, which was similar to like, don't look for shortcut, but always try to have a mentor who will be there with you or you can have help from them when you are in struggling phase. So so I'm curious, you, you say rely on experts and kind of find the right mentor for you. Are are, are the experts and the mentors the one and the same? Or you're saying, you know, there, there's obviously these experts out there, people who have achieved whatever success in their field can give you some, um, you know, guidance. But you've got to, amongst those experts, you've got to find the one who has, you know, a style that'll be in fit with yours. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. I mean, experts is like, 
like we have to be respectful and and we we have to learn from or see everyone's journey and mm-hmm. then mentor is someone like who will actually you you will be regularly in touch with and you can improve yourself and and as a teacher sort of like they will be always there and and you feel more confident and their styles matches with your style and you can have that trust and they can have your trust as well yeah Awesome. So if I've taken my notes correctly here, I've just been jotting down. I heard um, tip number one, have faith in yourself. Tip number two, don't look for shortcuts. Uh, Be patient. Tip number three, learn to deal with failure. And I think I also heard learn, learn to like learn from your failure. Um, Number four, conduct SWAT on yourself. And I, I think I also heard kind of regularly, which is actually kind of nice to, to you know, it's almost like a, a scan, a regular scan to check in with yourself. Um, and then I really liked this last one, find the right mentor for you. Cause I think that there's so much, um, well, wisdom in that because people do have different styles and people do, you, you are going to connect differently with different people. And so um, I think, you know, finding the right mentor for you is, is really astute um, advice. Great. Well, thank you so much, Fahim, for your time. Um, and I know that you're, you're, you're on the Slack and I'm sure if anyone's listening, they can, hopefully they can, they can reach out and, uh, and, and find out more um, about your experience directly. So thanks again so much for your time. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you very much. And yeah, as you say, like if anyone needs any help uh, with, within my abilities, I would love to help them. Uh, always there to help. Thank you very much. Great. Thanks. Thank you for joining this week's episode of Grow Up. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share this episode and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts.